and welcome to Man of Biscuit, episode number 15, your weekly podcast where we sit around and talk about some stuff, uh, usually geek culture related, I don't know. This week, not a lot came out in the news uh, that interested us, there was some stuff, but uh, so we're just going to kind of hang out, uh, but if you don't know already, because you're somebody who actually came across this organically and isn't one of our friends that we told to go watch the show. Um, I am RJ Velosky. These are my co-hosts, uh, Jacob Gamble and TJ Rathburn. How you doing? Great. Doing well. Wait, you guys have friends that watch the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other, uh, unlike you, we don't, we, uh, you know, we have more than just our boss watching it. So, oh, <laughs> but, but my boss, you know, my boss isn't my friend either. All of your friends oh. are on the show with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, I have friends. I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Uh, so what we were thinking about doing is, is uh, I mean, it's pretty much what we do anyway, right? Uh, sometimes it's a little more structured where we sit around and talk about specific things that happened in the news. I mean, you were looking at some stuff that happened uh, there a couple of minutes ago, weren't you, Jay? Uh, uh, ran through a couple of things, you know, nothing particularly special. Um, yeah, Tyrese is hinting that he's the new Hal Jordan. Um, well, not Hal Jordan, no. but the new Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, John Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, that's who he would do. Who's retiring. Yeah, who's <laughs> retiring. Uh, sadly, sadly, that's yeah. one of those things that just, they, they, um, I don't even want to talk about. There's a, there was um, a Kingdom Hearts 3 thing. Kingdom Hearts uh, King Hearts release party deal November third. So probably um, a date to get a date. Yeah, it's a date yeah. to get a date to <laughs> get a date for pre-order or something. Um, Arkham Knight broken on the PC. Oh yeah, like horrifyingly yeah. broken. It was it was pretty bad. It basically got recalled, didn't it? Yeah, yes. and that's yeah. that's outrageous. Actually, uh, there's been a lot of just ire along the internet because that's. There's no reason for that at this point. Uh, we well, are... The paying customer should not be a beta tester. No. The stuff should be worked out and the game should be ready to go if they're going to release it. Sometimes you have to delay games. Sometimes you have to delay the PC port in particular. It happens and nobody likes it, but it's better than this. Like This is a huge hit to a good company that usually puts out solid games. But from what I understand, they, uh, they contracted out the port and it didn't work out super well. It's what happens when you port to begin with. I mean, ultimately, this is one of those things where they went the cheap and easy route and they paid for it. Yep. And now we well, as yeah, the that happens all the time, it. though. I mean, especially with a AAA game, things are going to be subcontracted out, uh, you know, all the time. Especially ports. Ports are almost always subcontracted yeah. out by big developers, and sometimes. You know, things things happen with uh, whoever you've entrusted with the subcontract. And honestly, who's the – is it Rocksteady Games or whatever? Yeah, Rocksteady. Uh, yeah, Rocksteady will take some of the media backlash, but I think the ultimate backlash is whoever they ended up actually subcontract, subcontracting this out to probably will uh, have – you know, black mark on their record trying to do future business, but and it, whoever whoever said, yeah, this game is good to go needs to be drug out into the street and shot. Well, <laughs> it's, that was, that's that's a bit extreme. Exciting. That's a bit extreme because I look. Uh, at yes, the end of the day, it's a video game. It, 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 well, I, I sure. At the end of the day, it's a video game, but 
uh, it, I, I'm also I'm also going to say that with the complexity of of software design uh, at, at any venue uh, of which video games happen to be one, there are this this sort of stuff generates a lot of headlines, a lot of you know outrage, so to speak, consumer based outrage, and and that's fine, that's understandable, but it's always going to happen, and it's never one person's fault. It's, yeah, well, it's I mean, the nature of the beast. For me, this game, for me, this game, got off on the wrong foot the second that they started spreading out the uh, the uh, pre-release content. Um, when yeah, they that's, started, that's it, not anything new. Like, no, it's not anything new. But this was for... probably the worst situation of it I have ever seen. Uh, well, evolve was, was pretty. E- evolve was kind of evolve not. Yeah. That was the game like the that Arkham post- Knight is, though. I mean, that that was one of those things where Evolve just kind of. Eh. I mean, I play, I beta tested Evolve, um, and it was just simply okay. I never picked it up afterwards. Um, played what six matches, sent my feedback in, and uh, that was it. Um, but this one, I was actually, I was legitimately looking forward to it, and then just as soon as I go, okay, I've, I've bills and everything are taken care of i've got easy money to uh pick this up up it's pulled and i'm like wait what and yeah sure because you're you're well when this news came out my first thought was yeah but who plays this game on the pc but i guess you're a candidate for that because you would only be able to games on the controller i mean right i I do use the controller but yeah and i i I, yeah i and if you have a decent monitor i guess as well but I like I like PC games when they're PC games. I don't necessarily like console games on the PC. Um, I'm not someone who comes down, you know, with a hardline stance in the PC console wars. Uh, I straight up PC master race. I always have been. And yeah, well, you know, I mean, I own a Wii just simply based on the fact that it's fun and entertaining, and I don't touch a whole lot of console gaming. Well, that's, you know, for, for a long time, uh, and it's it's not so much the case anymore, particularly with the uh, PS4 and Xbox One, but also to a certain degree on the uh, previous generation, PS3 and Xbox 360, the main benefit of uh, console gaming is no longer really uh, a factor, which is you were able to buy a game and understand that it was going to work without specific specifications, settings, and, you know, ridiculous installs. Well... That's the thing of the past. the the line I, The line between PC gaming and console gaming, know. it it really is. PlayStation though. just went down for what was it, sixteen hours or something like that for a uh, for a brand new uh, for a brand new patch. I mean, it, it was patch day all over again. It's Tuesday. What am I gonna do for the next three hours until WoW starts? Well, I that's mean, it, it didn't. It, yeah, that that that's not exactly what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is games. The the line between PC and console gaming is definitely becoming blurred. I mean, there are, yeah. there's, there's, there's still different also, hardware platforms. There's but. something to be said. And it's the uh, the perspective that you were talking about where you can buy this game for your, uh, for your console and know that it's going to work is still a big thing. There are a lot of games, because I don't have a gaming rig. I have a very basic PC at this point. And uh, I pretty much cannot run a, like, 
real game. The PC games that I play are smaller things. They're your, your telltale game, like point-and-click things, little things that aren't going to make my laptop explode. I can buy a PS4 and play all the games that are coming out for that and not have to worry about the fact that I have a three-year-old, low-grade uh, PC at this point. Uh, it's still a really valuable thing. Not a lot of people have the kind of gaming rigs that a lot of the like PC gamers just automatically assume everybody has. And I, I am guilty of that in particular as far as, well, why can't you play this game? You know, I mean, I've got an i7, 16 gig of RAM, 2 gig vid card in my, in my laptop. And why don't you? And yeah, I think it's... I have like 3 gigs of RAM. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, it was a really basic, my last laptop like literally died on me anytime I tried to so much as look at a picture. I got a blue screen of death and I'm like, I need a laptop now because i have to like i'm i'm a human being in the 21st century i'm like right. i need something so i went out and i blew like 400 bucks on a low grade just get me by laptop and since i don't do anything terribly strenuous on it i haven't really felt the need to right so that's and and you guys um you guys are encapsulating the two sides of the coin there the you know the people who turn to consoles because they don't have gaming PCs and people who have gaming PCs uh, who don't feel the, the need for consoles. My point, though, is that from a technical standpoint, the line is is being blurred. And we saw that uh, in no small part with a, an aspect of Fallout 4. You know, I mean, we rambled on for about half hour last week about Fallout 4. Amazingly enough, so there's something exciting. else we didn't mention about, uh, mention about it, and that's that the mods for that game are going to be released on the console. And that for a long time was a significant differentiation between I'll never need a gaming PC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically. It, it, like yes. the only reason that I was ever like, man, I wish I had a PC was because I'd play games like Skyrim or whatever. And be like, Oh, but the cool mods that I could have, if I was playing it on my PC. That's not going to be a problem anymore. So I don't have any real functional reason to spend a grand and a half on a PC when I can just spend 400 bucks. Well, the, the other, the flip side of that, that blurry line though, is also you see specialized, uh, gaming PCs, you know, like, uh, the, the valve steam box that's, that's coming down the line and alienware for a long time yeah. has, um, oh, has yeah. just like put out little consoles oh. that you can play your PC games on. And, and I would, I, I, you're, you're recoiling there, Jay, but, I mean, I, I have a feeling that's just a reaction. I, I, I don't know why you it's would... It's a visceral reaction, to actually, to the price point on most of those, more than okay. anything the else. Price, what do you, what's um, the price point? The price point for something that's comparable to my PC is 1200 bucks, And I, I was just like, that's ridiculous. For what amounts, to say, what amounts to exactly that, a console... And I'm like, no, no, I, I will take I will take my PC and continue to use that, and we'll you know we'll just stream the game straight to my uh stream the game straight to my box, and call it good. There's no point in having there's no point in having a twelve hundred dollar piece of piece of equipment that just is simply more than nothing more than a console. Well, I just uh, since you since you brought that up, I did just pull up the um 
uh, the, some of the price points. And you have an i5 with 8 gigs of RAM, uh, a mid-grade uh, video card, the GTX 760, um, and 500 gig storage for 500 bucks. That wow. will get you by with just about any game that that you want to play for the most part. I mean, some of the more demanding games and, and some of the more modern games, you might not be able to play max settings. But guess what? If you're playing on a console, you're not really seeing max settings either. Right. Uh, so, you know, the, it, it's... It, the, yes, the, the really high-end stuff uh, is going to cost pretty much as much as a uh, as a gaming PC would cost. Um, the My Franken PC that I pieced together here and there and swapped out parts over the course of the last eight years, I, I can't even really put a single price point on it anymore because it's just been, uh, you know, various pieces here and there. But so um, nice. I, I would have to say probably about seven, eight hundred bucks, you know, for the, the, the original retail price for what I put in my PC, about eight hundred bucks. And... The key difference uh, that I see with this $500 Cyber uh, Power PC Steam Box versus my PC is um, 8 gigs less RAM, 8 versus 16. And But the flip side is because of when I bought the video card, it's like two generations older. Uh, and so it probably is going to be equivalent to what I have on my machine more or less uh right now for 500 bucks and boom set top box plug it into your tv you know play the controller so on and so forth so uh yeah that the, the only point there is that the line is being blurred and granted with the price points now uh 500 is still more than a console but a console is still not a full pc either so there's there's that and i think that as time what's that that's not a full PC either. I mean, well, it it is. I mean, you could you can do whatever you want. It's with better it. than mine. It, it, yeah, I mean, if it's if, if it has if it has a hard drive, an Intel controller, and uh, just because it's coming pre-installed with some kind of you know Steam OS uh, like, overlay, could, could you could do just, whatever you want with it. Yeah, right? like yeah. functionally, you yeah. could just put a like a keyboard on it and it's a yeah. pc <laughs> it maybe have to install windows i honestly don't know what the uh, software situation is going to yeah, be i don't know what but the you definitely could you, you know it's it's not that i sh i say it's not that hard it's not that hard if you are familiar with such things to just uh you know pop a new os on there it's it's relatively trivial in terms of complexity assuming you have the you know basic knowledge and comfort level working with that type of thing so now one thing that I would like to talk about uh, with the, the Arkham Knight debacle is the, the growing support for a movement that I'm personally a part of at this point, which is the movement that uh, says don't pre-order games anymore. We need to stop as a group of like gamers as a whole. We need to stop pre-ordering games. Because if we stop pre-ordering games, a couple of things are going to happen. Firstly, we're going to stop seeing the like massive split of features that are getting divvied up as pre-order bonuses. Uh, the other thing, and the more important thing, is uh, right now what a lot of like big AAA game companies are doing, and this is a terrible business practice, but they're not letting people review copies beforehand so that they go, okay, we got this many pre-orders, we know we're going to make this much money, uh, we're going to get all this like the day of, the day after, and it doesn't matter if our product is bad. 
because by the time people figure out that the product is bad and they don't want to buy it, they'll have either pre-ordered it because they want the like shiny new outfit or whatnot, or they'll have bought it in the first couple of days because reviewers have to wait until release now mm. in order to review the game and put it out into the general public. Hey, don't buy this thing. It's broken. Uh, and that is an awful thing to do to a group of people that has done nothing but support like uh, a hobby and an art form that they love. And so I'm really, really strongly on the forefront of the movement. Just yeah. stop it. Stop. I, I haven't I haven't pre-ordered a game since I well <laughs> I think the last game game I pre-ordered was Wrath of the Lich King. Because, <laughs> because I didn't even pre-order that. Yeah, well, it, it was. I mean, after that, Blizzard did, had pretty much rolled out their digital download system, yeah, where yeah. you know. But at the time, I I really wanted to uh, get in line at midnight, get home, install it, and get going. So I pre-ordered it with digital. Then, yeah, it, the the last game that I might have considered pre-ordering, uh, just to make sure I could get one right away. I ended up not doing it, and I just went to um, a local big box retailer and picked it up at midnight anyway, and that was Grand Theft Auto V. Um, you know, but yeah, pre-ordering games is ridiculous. It, 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 well, I should say it's ridiculous, this, the incentives, for all the reasons you've put out there. the, the It's obvious why they want you to pre-order games, and so it's been heavily incentivized with all this trivial little you know, outfits, a bunch of junk, really. And that's never appealed to me. And yeah, it, it would be better if that practice stopped. Absolutely. Well, there are two points on this one for me. Um, first one is, is that it's not going to happen. It's not going to stop. It's not anything that well, hey, sure. it, it, we can't. It, it, there's enough of us elitist jerks out there I, I wanted to use a different term but <laughs> family friendly um but there there are enough elitists that you know want the want the 1201 start to play thing that you know that the pre, that the digital download age has given us that hey i can pre-order this it'll be sitting on my computer and it'll be waiting for the second that it because I, i've done this I, I did this with actually final uh, Final Fantasy The After Years, uh, that port, um, I brought it up, I, I, I pre-ordered it, it was downloaded, ready to go, 12.01, also, well, yeah, 1 o'clock in Steam's case, you know, but all set. Um, and and... The, the problem that I have with that point is I have never, ever wanted a game and not been able to get it at midnight at a store. Neither Even without pre-ordering. Like, I've always been able to just stroll in to a local, like, gaming shop or a big box retailer because I noticed RJ was not naming names, and I will follow suit. <laughs> uh, but even, like, collector's editions and things. I bought World of Warcraft collector editions at midnight at the local store. Just walk in, grab one, pay the money, and walk out. And I go home and install it, and I'm playing it at, like, what, 12.30, maybe? I'm already a World of Warcraft in that case. I'm already a level ahead of you. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's I mean, that's, that's all. That, that is where... a different story with the World of Warcraft and MMO expansions. I mean, that's... They already have their installed base. And they, they don't... With the AAA, you know, annual um, 
Call of Assassin's Creed or whatever. Uh, you know, that stuff, that's that's what people really drive the pre-orders for. And those are, yeah, and you, you don't know, need yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You don't need I, it. And I also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call bad word on your claim that after a half an hour, you'd be a level ahead of me because nobody's done anything within a half an hour of a launch of any MMO <laughs> except for just like stutter step uh, 12 feet away from the dark portal. Or some people, some what people was it? can it was be cataclysm uh, yeah. that, uh, what was it? It was the cattle launch that the guy was uh, max level in three hours. Yeah. But he had like a weird system set up. Yeah, he had 25 quests saved up waiting to turn in. Yeah. Uh, you know, stupid stuff like that. Yeah, he like he prepared. saved up the quests. He had a raid group following him around with the old tag system where he could hit him up and they would just nuke it and he would be already hitting the next mob and they'd nuke it. Like, oh. he really abused the system for that. An average actual human being uh, would not be able to do that. You would I still think, be going yeah. like, I'm taking the 25 minute long crazy flight thing that shows me the new zone. Like, it's just... Well, I think even as far as uh, like uh, Pandaland, in, from Pandaland into uh, Warlords was, I believe, uh, I believe even that route was uh, eight hours. Or some yeah. ridiculously low amount. Well, where... and that's but these I are mean, these are top one percent games. Exactly, and and that also re requires a ridiculous amount of luck because, I mean, if we want to talk about Blizzard, our favorite company, for a minute, uh, the Warlords launch, which, uh, you know, I was a big part of. I like called into work. I'm like, all right, I want to be here for this launch. It was the first time since actually wrath of the lich king that i was there for the launch of an expansion because uh, i just kind of skipped the launches of the previous two but um i'm like all right first time in like five years i'm doing a launch i'm going to be here and it was just abysmal i mean it's not i'm not i'm not talking stutter step i'm talking the world is not rendering yeah, yeah. it's just it was ridiculous and oh well, what that uh, what that guy did if i remember correctly was he stored up uh he went timeless isle stored up the turtle meat and uh yeah had, had literally hundreds of it sitting on him and he got de -leveled. And ran through oh did he really yeah he got de-leveled yep so oh, i didn't yeah. hear about that part yeah I, yeah he got de-leveled by blizzard um and yeah so <laughs> that's embarrassing yeah <laughs> i'm the only person to have ever been de-leveled by blizzard <laughs> now a couple I've... of people got de-leveled yeah. at points yeah it's it was it was viewed as an exploit so they cut the cord on him uh but anyway moving along um, I, I don't agree with well, that to, call. To, it's not an exploit but uh the other part uh, the other thing that i was going to make mention of in regards to that just suddenly escaped me i had it uh, and it's gone um we're never we're never going to get rid of the pre-ordering um and honestly I, okay. Well, there's lots of things that we're probably not. never going to get rid of that it's still valiant to should. fight for. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah. So the other, the other, the other part of this topic, though, that I think is interesting and and has always given oh. me things to think about is early access. I hate that too. Yeah. It, I, I, Steam has done. Steam has done really, really bad things with early access, but. 
And that was the other point that I was going to bring up that I realized was that um, the timing for uh, the the timing for a bad game like a, with a bad port could not have been better. Um, ultimately, this tested Steam and Origins' new play it, try it, bring it back, refund um, it. Yep. And uh, ultimately, it, it it proved to hold true. And now, given this fact, the PC pre-order the, the PC pre-order market is gonna be they're gonna have to take a good hard look at it because PC market was one of the was the only market that you couldn't take the game back with. And now, yes and no. I mean, you still can't return like uh, a console game without getting either a new copy of the same one, or if you're lucky, store credit. Yeah. And even then, usually not most return policies on stuff like that is if it's opened, you can get a new copy, like if yours is broken or whatever, but you can't get your money back. Hey, stupid. But you can always resay. I mean, you can go to a big box and return it for, resell it for, you know. Well, and right, and I mean, that's, but... that's the thing with when you're dealing with retailers is, you're usually when you're returning it it's it's how much the minimum wage employee really gives a crap and you know so uh, your your mileage may vary it might depend on your experience but yeah the 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 buy letter policy on a console game for any retailers once it's opened you can exchange it if it's defective and not much else so um but the the thing with the thing with early access that um, that bothers me isn't just, you know, the idea that paying customers are now a beta test group. It's that paying customers are now investors in the actual development of yeah. games, too, which I guess if the model works and we see more games, this is why I say there's a lot to think about, because I still don't necessarily come down on one side or the other. Uh, but if if it if that if that model works and we end up seeing more games like there there are some pretty god-awful horror stories from early access but there's some pretty uh there's some pretty good games that have made excellent use of early access like rust mm-hmm. um rust. star starbound i think is what it's called it's uh, basically terraria in space uh which has been in early access for a while and it's a really i mean terraria itself was a fun game i haven't gotten um i'm still not sure if it's starbound i think it's starbound but i could be saying it wrong this whole time uh but i'm really excited to play that game because it's like terraria but you can also fly around and go to different anyway um, and of course i mean there was there was minecraft where they made a billion dollars in their beta yeah 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 and minecraft wasn't steam early access but that was you know mojang um uh was in beta forever and yeah there it's uh if there is a more successful game than minecraft in our generation i have i have yet to hear a convincing argument as to what it would be um angry birds (laughs) 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 i said it just to get the reaction (laughs) (laughs) i do like angry birds it's good it's a fun game um all right so saga candy i do not like candy crush saga yeah it trademarked the words candy and saga yeah 
I mean, not just that. It's and this is not Candy Crush. I owe them a bunch of money now. <laughs> <laughs> we can never. We will never. Uh, yeah, this this episode's yep. done. Yep, we yep. said Candy and now. Saga. Um, yep. no, that that type of game, uh, where you put how much you can play in a session behind a paywall. As soon as I hit that in any game, You're immediately done. uninstalled. You're cut off. I don't care. And I mean, I did Final Fantasy not too long ago. The uh, the the Ring Keeper or the not Ring Keeper, whatever it was that I was playing on the phone here. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, it, it, Ring Keeper. I don't know. Realm Keeper. That's what it was. Um, but uh, yeah, I hit a pay window. Uh, the uh, on the amount of stuff that I'm allowed to carry, and went it eh, no. Done. That's wow. And you cut off it. a Final Fantasy game. I cut off a Final Fantasy. That's how strongly I feel in general about that whole thing. Yeah. Um, any anytime it's uh, anytime that model comes up and it becomes something that is flat out impractical. I mean, because this is one of those things where I, there there was no guide or anything else to really demonstrate how to be able to uh how to be able to combine inventory and stuff like that and, and mm -hmm. so like i've just left this stuff in my bags and now i can either a spend four hours combining things to make room into my thing or i can buy this new state or i can buy extra bag space neither's gonna happen right all right if yeah it's play... yeah i mean it's putting core functionality or the length of a play place uh play session behind a paywall that's that's no good but i do think we now have a segue for for what we wanted to fill most of this episode with in top five lists so yes. all right uh do you have do you have an idea tj you i i, I saw the inhale there so <gasps> so excited <laughs> no i actually don't I have no idea all right fair enough uh but okay so we're assuming that everybody is familiar with this concept which we are totally cribbing from a movie that we're not going to name Yep. Uh, High Fidelity. Which... I named it. Oh, oh he named it! It's a yeah. great film. Everybody great, should yes. see it. And this is a, a game that I use all the time when I'm hanging out with people in coffee shops or whatnot. We have nothing to talk about. Top five in no particular order lists. And this is going to go over very well. This is going to be our most liked and subscribed episode yet because everybody loves lists. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, top five in no particular order. Let's go with the one we... Uh, we mentioned before the show top five in no particular order video games that made you cry all right uh, or at least you know get choked up or whatever i've never been reduced to like just full-on weeping from a game but uh yeah um but well, i've gotten a little verklempt at points <laughs> so is this is this just crying from the story or is this crying <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i'll allow it i'll allow it anything um, whatever made you cry so, uh, let's see uh first on the list i'll put silent hill because it scared me so much it reduced me to a uh, a, a quivering uh sobbing blob in the fetal position that, that might be a slight exaggeration only slight no um no. i don't let's it. see uh story-wise that that made me cry i you know it's it's a little bit on the nose it's fairly obvious but I did tear up when, when Eris died. Yes, let's move past okay. that with Final Fantasy VII. Uh, the game I'm playing... We're going to have the same list. Everybody's got to have the same the list. The game I'm playing right now, 
uh, has has made me get a little verklempt at moments. Uh, that's The Witcher 3, uh, the storyline uh, between um, particularly getting in, in with uh, Ciri, who was, uh, you know, Geralt's um, foster daughter, basically, and, and a lot of it revolves around their history and being reunited. And yeah, that's that's worked me up. Uh, let's see, two more. Um, two easy ones, man. There's two easy ones. Uh, well, I'll leave those for you then because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide on, um, let's see, Mass Effect. Uh, oh man. Yeah, the trilogy. Um, let's see. So yeah. Uh, oh, man. Aiden versus, um, uh, the woman. I, Ashley. Ashley. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Aiden versus Ashley. Uh, no matter which way I love both of those characters and I've I gone... did not care one way or the other. Ashley all day, every day. <laughs> I, well, okay. Uh, tangent, but that's, I'll allow it. Um, were you, were you M Shep or Fem Shep? M Shep. Oh, Fem so Shep for sense. life. Fem Shep for life. Of course. Of course you're a Fem Shep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gender it's... bending. <laughs> well, I I get into I get into uh, the characters in RPG and I don't know M Shep is just like I'm Baldy McBallerton really uh, brawny and I'm going to save the world and I'm a dude I have very limited facial features yeah and Jennifer <laughs> Hale as Fem Shep is what for it'd God's be... sake could they not have just put some something on his face for part of that it that game i I, perhaps i don't know because i only played the right way which is with fem shep the only the only the only m shep i i ever see is in like the commercials because they assume they they market it as m shep but classic redhead fem shep oh yeah a redhead fem shep yeah Yeah. actually no 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 no. um i went back and forth uh for most of my playthroughs is actually blonde but um it was it was fascinating to me how much Femshep emblazoned herself on my consciousness for my first playthrough in 2007 on the 360 you know it was I, I it was one of the best moments in gaming ever for me the first time I played through Mass Effect I was so involved I came this close to writing fan fiction that's how oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's how involved I was in that game but I, at the end of the day I'm like no that's that's too nerdy even for me uh, but um, the the character of femship my first femship was so emblazoned on my my psyche that when I went to play through again uh, like three or four years later for my next playthrough, um, off of the 360, I bought it on the PC. I created FemShep from scratch, and I'm like, I want to see. I want to see. I wasn't trying to recreate the same character, but I was just kind of like going, yeah, this looks good, this looks good, going through the sliders. And so I booted it up on my 360, did a side-by-side. It was like that that much difference. It was almost identical to uh, to the FemShep I did originally. So yes, Mass Effect, FemShep, uh Helen Shepherd is is the only shepherd for me but um okay so yes that was fourth, fourth. uh so one more that has made me cry um Kingdom Hearts when they finally find Mickey I'm just kidding um <laughs> <laughs> you guys are jerks oh <laughs> uh, let's so see um 
there there were moments in uh dragon age origins i think um the i don't know if it ever made me cry but it was very in that same vein impactful emotionally the uh the relationship between morrigan and flemeth um i you know i the the idea that you're with morrigan and um she's she comes across as this very prickly standoffish character, but you realize that what she is is the only person who's ever cared for him and loved for her. She's slowly realizing is this ancient demigod thing that wants to subsume her in order to carry out her existence. And the way they actually tie that up in, or in, uh, in inquisition, um, actually, yeah, for full on tears, there were some moments in inquisition when, uh, Flemeth and Morrigan are reunited and you see, like the full dynamic. That, I haven't played it yet. I'm so excited yes, to see that moment. Yes, uh, and and uh, they they all. I don't want to spoil too much, but they also, um, you know, if if you uh, went the route where Morgan had a child at the end of Origins, that enters into it, and of course that's the route I went because screw this, yeah. I love my warden. I wasn't going to kill him off, <laughs> and uh, um, so yeah, I. Uh, yeah, the that moment in Origins, or I'm sorry, in Inquisition, did bring full on tears. So, there you go. That's five for me. How about you, Jay? Five games that made you cry. Ooh, all right, for the World of Warcraft, the La- Wrath of the Lich King. Yes. The Death of Four Dragon. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. Not even I... like, not even when he died. Like the moment in the Wrathgate sequence that gets to me, and it's not like, you know, sad choked up just but like when they they do the fighting and the horde comes in everything's cool and then they walk up to the gate and he starts yelling you know arthas yes. the blood of your father of your people demands justice and like ooh. goosebumps yes <laughs> yes yep all Wrathgate, of it all definitely. of it was Wrathgate was just it, it was such a great story sequence they it's one of the few that i'll actually play through every single time it doesn't matter it, it doesn't matter that i'm already 85 and i'm like ah, time to go to the no 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 nope, gotta go gotta over here there. gotta finish this gotta watch this one more time and then of course you know that I, I have to go all the way through the culmination of it wait big hit you know 100 and jump up jump out to uh it, to ice crown there and run through the instance just to see him take the mantle of the lynch king and get you out know, <laughs> sit on the frozen throne done end of story because they did because it's the final chapter and yeah. love it that portion of it doesn't bring tears to my eyes it, it gets me pumped and excited yeah you took a you know, responsibility and all sorts of other cool things um, i will not forget this brother no you must no one must know what happened here today. Uh, uh, like just the when he puts on the helmet and he's talking through it, and the reverb effect starts yeah. to creep up on his voice, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um. Okay. So there's one, two. Um. We're gonna go Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Um, okay. And I've just I talked about this one way back in our fi- in our top five Final Fantasy game sequence, uh, way back episode two, three, yeah, something like, like two. that. Yeah. Um, way back when, um, there there's a side quest that you can do where you right, turn a letter this, in. Yeah. 
where you turn a letter to, into uh, into a to a female and then to a male, um, both of them in different towns, blocked by miasma, never get they never get the chance to see each other, and you come back the following season, and they're lying there in the underneath the tree that they agreed to meet upon agreed to meet at way back when dead you know holding each other done you know and it just straight up yeah choked up by bleeding heart romantic all that other good stuff and i went <gasps> oh and i knew it was coming because i had read the guide and it's still just I'm like, oh, and let's hear it for in addition. I'm not going to go the Final Fantasy VII route because well, that one's too obvious. entirely too, it's too obvious. It's too obvious. I went it's first, so I got to take that. <laughs> but I'm going to go Final Fantasy IX, where you find out that the your little black mage there is going to die. Um, I can't remember what I knew. It was oh, BB, I haven't it? finished. I haven't. Yes, it's VB. I've never finished nine spoilers. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> my apologies man you're talking about a game that's older than dude the it was that series. was that was ironic we we went to great deal how much you know i think it spoilers <laughs> oh my week. goodness yeah. we did yes we did and yeah you, yeah you no know, you said you were gonna play eight not nine right no but i was saying last week we went into uh, he doesn't care detail. about spoilers yeah. and now he's like ah, spoilers. Uh, spoilers. yeah it was yeah. it was ironic anyway continue Could sir you, yeah, you find out that you know VVs are being made en masse, and oh yeah, I do remember that. The, so you didn't spoil anything. Yeah. So and they're steadily losing power. So your little mage yeah. is gonna die. And I don't know why I got such an attachment to my little mage because he's you know, adorable. He, he, he was. Yeah, he, I mean that he was yeah. an adorable character, but and that probably was a good reason why. But I. It, like I said, I, until you brought that up, I really didn't think about it. I'm just like black maid, meh. Uh, but uh, they, they, they're a dime a dozen in pretty much every Final Fantasy game there well, is. You should you should go, and this is like very old. I may have even like way back in the day told you to do this and subjected you to it. But there is a comic strip uh, that ran from like nine, 2001 to like 2010, I think, called 8-Bit Theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Black Mage in 8-Bit Theater is anything but adorable, but he's freaking hilarious. Anyway. I've seen, uh, yes, yes, I, yeah. I, I, I do know, I'm well with the, yeah, it's been a minute since I've read any of it. Yeah, um, it's, me too, but yeah, it's, I'll always remember, especially the first, like, year or so was hilarious. But anyway, okay, so how many is that for you now? That's three. Um, wow, uh. 90% of The Last of Us. Yeah, that was one on my list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there, there are numerous moments in that. There's, uh, I, I tend to grow attached to characters that are ultimately going to die. And I get sucked right. I, I mean, I realize that that's their intention. But at the same time, I get sucked right into it. Um, they, right down to you know, Dead Island. Um. Yeah, pretty much anything that's gonna get eaten by zombies, I'm attached to, and they, that <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's well, go but but that. Ellie oh. didn't Ellie didn't die though. No. No, she didn't die. She was rescued and then lied to by the only person in the world yeah. she trusted. 
Which made it, yeah, it was a very the death, it, it was the death of innocence, but they and, okay. Yeah, they're they're. I still mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that the the ending of that was not probably one of the most emotionally impactful uh, endings in a game I've ever seen, and something I could talk about at length. Uh, but she didn't die, so. Well, yeah, it, it, it was. It, yeah, it wasn't a literal death in that particular case. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Dead Island and uh, yeah. something that happened. I. Dude, Dead Island the Dead Island franchise is about five, six years old now for me. I haven't touched them since, and, mm. uh, and I so... actually might start playing. I just tried the started uh, this PlayStation Now uh, trial, and Dead Island is one of the games. I think I can give that a shot. I've it's heard a lot of good, good things. It if you just want to play like a first person. Uh, zombie mmo i mean like a lot of people are like oh it's just a first person zombie mmo i'm like man it's a first person zombie MMO. <laughs> <laughs> right it's well those are those MMO. those are a dime a dozen now on steam but yeah they, they really truly are okay I'm so is that is that five if you do last yeah, of Us we'll, and we'll, dead we'll island go or? five with that one because i'm running through my list here and i'm okay. like i could go on and on about a lot of these i mean All there right. are very very sad moments in you know, they, they, there's oh oh they had dust all sorts of sadness um which by the way yeah they get take the it. opportunity to take the opportunity to play that the game that game is visually stunning and the controls are very very well done um, the side quests leave a lot to be desired. Well, that actually, but that's another callback I want to do uh, for top five. So put a pin on that, and we'll let TJ do his top five uh, crybaby games. Okay. Okay. Uh, firstly, The Last of Us, particularly the first fifteen minutes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, just it really set up like I saw it coming. Like I knew. Like right. I knew this was gonna happen, and it still was like getting punched in the chest. Like, yeah, it was astonishing. Like that whole initial sequence is like just a masterwork. It's brilliant. Um, the ending and pretty much the entire rest of uh, season one of The Walking Dead by Telltale Games. Yes. Uh, oh my god. You, you take those two games together in the the uh, the year of the sad dad simulator, and like man gaming did a number on me for a minute there yeah uh, uh the ending of red dead redemption yes yes that's a great uh, and, one Now there were other moments that in that game that were also like just like gave you chills and were awesome uh in particular virtually any time that they hit a musical cue mm -hmm. when you finish uh, your initial like like quest kind of thing going on, and you're riding back from the mountain to your farm to see your wife, yeah. and that song comes on and it's just lovely. Uh, the first time you go into Mexico, and it plays "Far Away" by Jose Gonzalez, and it's just amazing. Yeah. Don't get off your horse because it'll cut off the music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I that didn't happen to me because I I seen online somebody warned just like just don't get off your horse but riding through mexico and like having that song play was just awesome i gotta then, go play that game again now oh man yeah yeah <laughs> i've been thinking about playing that game for like a week i'm like i really gotta plug that back in 
uh, and then the ending. Yeah. Both the the standard ending and then the the real ending, like the ending, and then you can play after the fact, uh, like post story stuff because it's an right. open world game. Right. But you can do a particular quest that ends the game. Well, like hmm. title, flash, credits, done. Uh, and then even after really? that, you can go back and clean up some stuff. But oh, you, okay, okay. No, I think I know what you're talking about. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to be a little bit vague. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's it's not that old a game. We can we can keep it spoiler free, especially since we just recommended it so heartily. Yeah, just please go play that game, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so that's three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metal Gear Solid: Killing Sniper Wolf. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, I'll there was allow it. There was something about that that just hit me really hard. Uh, and then my experience of that game was really interesting. Because uh, I didn't have a PlayStation, but my cousins did. And so I was over, I was spending the night at their house one one night. And they couldn't really get through the game because they were uh, technically, I would say, probably a little young for it. Uh, so they asked me if I could play through it and we just played through it together like they had a guide and one of them was flipping through the guide and uh i was you know i was you know helming it at the controller and we played for like nine hours straight all the way through the entire game and then got to the end and we're just we were all blown away and for me it was a really weird experience because it was one of the first games that I'd ever played that had like that kind of in-depth storytelling. Right. It was very, it was nothing else had been quite that cinematic yeah. at that point. Yeah. And, uh, the, the combination of the, the first experience of that kind of story, like cinematically portrayed playing through it all in one sitting and, uh, the amount of time that it took to do so as soon as I was done, I, I had, I started to experience nostalgia for things that had happened to me a couple of hours ago yeah. because it felt like it had been so long. Right. Uh, just a great, uh, just brilliant, brilliant moment in gaming. Uh, I can't, I can't recommend anybody that hasn't played that game, which there's nobody left alive that hasn't played that game yet. But like, if you haven't, like, go back. Know your roots, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, this is going to be, like, a weird thing, maybe. Because it doesn't seem necessarily like an emotional game or an emotional series. Uh, but the ending of Halo 4. I never played Halo 4. It's it's good. It's good. Uh, I played through it a, a handful of times. Because I knew a bunch of people at that point who didn't have in xbox they'd all gone ps3 and so i was like hey just come over to my place we'll co-op it because if you put it on easy if you just want to see what the story is mm-hmm. you put it on easy and you co-op it like you know six seven hours just burn through the whole thing and you can see the whole story and so i've played through the game multiple times and uh cortana dies okay and uh, Master Chief 
has a really like rough time with it because you could tell through the series and especially in by the fourth one that these were two beings like two i mean even master chief isn't human right really but these were two unique beings that loved each other even though like they weren't you know even like a, a they're not even the same species or anything but they understood and they cared and they loved one another and uh at the end cortana dies or i'm pretty sure she'll be back You're right but uh but she she appears to die and then master chief goes back to the ship and uh through the course of the game you see a fistful of other like later generation spartans and at the end they're they go back to the ship and they're doing the thing and everybody's getting their mjolnir armor taken off by the machines that grab the bits and unattach them and all that and uh master chief has never taken off his armor he doesn't like the last time he took his armor off was to put on the new generation of armor that he got in the second game he lives in his armor and after this mission he comes back and he takes it off mm. and he goes back to his room to like reflect on what happened and that's pretty much where it ends but just seeing these two these two people that were like there was a gulf between them that could not conceivably be bridged but they loved one another anyway and uh and seeing how the the unbreakable stoic just unshakable man is just rocked to his core yeah like that whole thing like is just really powerful uh and i knew a couple of people that uh that like uh, found it amusing or laughed it off and a lot of people didn't like care for it they're like oh they're trying to shoehorn a romance element into these games and i'm like if you're paying attention if you understand like people you could see this the whole time like you Absolutely. could see it building the whole time uh and it, you would have to do the most just like surface level playthrough of that game and not understand the arc that's being finished absolutely uh yeah so Boy. those are my five yeah so wow that was um we got that a was, lot out of that top five list <laughs> yeah that, that was that was a heavy topic uh, uh let's go let's go with the lighter topic that's what the other one i wanted to call back or, or we didn't necessarily call this one back but um back in episode two episode one or two we talked about visually striking games so uh okay. i will put that out there top five uh games with art styles uh that you will remember or especially loved okay all right Jay, i get you want to go first go ahead man go ahead i'm gonna have to narrow this one down Oh, because this is gonna take me a second rj i assume you have some thoughts since this was your topic uh sure okay then, <laughs> okay. then you feel free to go ahead all right so this one might be a little bit uh controversial but um Final Fantasy 13. I did not care much for the game play. I did not care much for the story, but I absolutely loved the art style. I have dozens of Final Fantasy 13 uh, wallpapers. I like the character design. Uh, I liked uh, I liked the color setting or color schemes in most of the settings. Uh, the level design. I, I thoroughly enjoyed all of that. Um, 
let's see. Uh, the another one that might be slightly controversial is World of Warcraft. Um, for a long time, uh, when World of Warcraft first came out, I would you know burn out and go to other MMOs and it would always strike me how much when I was playing other MMOs that I missed the color scheme and just yep. the, the, the sort of light, but still somewhat serious in some areas, uh, style of the world of Warcraft, uh, art where, you know, the, the exaggerated cartoonish of, uh, cartoonishness, but you know, the, the, the blue and silver of Stormwind, uh, you know, the, the purple green of, uh, of, uh, Darnassus, yeah, uh, the the sort of pastoral beauty of uh, the um, uh, Arathi um, Arathi Mountains and uh, and is it uh, the Hillsbrad Foothills? Uh, yeah, and South Shore in particular. Yeah. Um, which when Cataclysm came along, that's why I, that's when I decided I could never play Horde again. I'm like, you mess with no. South Shore, I'm done with you. Uh, so. <laughs> That uh, was what almost made me re up for uh, for a minute there at the tenth anniversary when they were doing the yeah because yeah, initially right, it, was, it, was, it was supposed to be a hundred versus hundred at first and yeah. I'm like oh my god and then they like nerfed I it will say I, you know I, a tangent but I will say that I I thoroughly enjoyed going through molten core again because mm -hmm. I went through with a group of friends. If I had just done it like random LFR style, I'm sure it would have been a horrific experience, but we had like 15, 20 people, most of them from my uh, raid team in, in the meta guild that I, I'm a uh, part of, but some other people who weren't on the raid team, we just got together and we went through it. We got on uh, Ventrilo and yeah, I just had a blast. I mean, it's, it was, it was such so much fun um and uh so yeah art style in world of warcraft i i thoroughly enjoy it and every time somebody you know throws out the term wow graphics as a pejorative you know for me it's a positive so um i in that same vein uh boy really gonna get harangued for for blizzard love on this but diablo 3 uh yeah absolutely loved absolutely loved uh the um uh particularly the the uh act four uh when you storm heaven yeah that was oh i just loved that uh you know not just the uh the way that they they put together you know the sort of classical medieval uh vision of of paradise but also the way they they juxtaposed you know hell slowly taking it over fantastic um all right, so that brings me up to three, and I really need to to branch out here. So, um, here's a left field one for you: uh, the Lion King on Sega Genesis. Oh the my goodness! Colors, yes, the vibrant colors. Yeah, all of it. No, just... no, I don't think I don't think that. Well. Yeah, I won't. I won't put it on the absolute top pedestal, but it would be hard. To come up with many other games that did sprite art as effectively as the Lion King, uh, you know, colors. Um, the Blind Forest. Yeah. Well, again, though, that's not. I mean, that's two two dimensional, but it's not really sprite art in the sense that, yeah. you know, it's like a. It, it's not 
you know, like a 20 by 30 or, a, you know, 40 by 50 pixelated sprite. It's fully um, animated, you know, hand-drawn style. But, uh, and that's a good one. I haven't played it. Otherwise, it would probably be on my list. Uh, let's see. I am going to, uh, I'm going to go with another Final Fantasy game. And I'm going to say Final Fantasy IX. Um, I really, really enjoyed and at the time, I was more into sci-fi than fantasy. So I was when when it first came out, I was a little, you know, I really liked the sort of sci-fi settings of seven and eight. So I was a little disappointed to see him go back to the more of the traditional medieval fantasy style. But in retrospect, I think from the the PlayStation uh, generation of Final Fantasy games, it's it's my favorite in terms of art style. So uh, was that four or five? I don't know. I think that was your fifth. I think that was my fifth. All right. So have you guys had enough time yet? Oh, my goodness. I You realize that okay, like I think 90% I'm... of the reason that I buy games is because they're visually striking to me. So I mean, I don't even I, – I don't read reviews. I'm like, I just want to play this because it's pretty. And uh, so like, you... as I'm running through this, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Well, how do I narrow this down? Do you need a little bit more? Because I got I, my list solid. I Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the first one that I'm going to put on my list uh, is Fatal Frame. Oh, okay. Uh, there's just something about the the style of it. It looks grainy and washed out and like like uh, kind of like a scary movie, like an old style and scary movie. There was something about how uh, like desaturated color was it was almost like it was in uh, black and white or something but not quite there was something about it that was really striking and just absolutely terrifying and added to one of my favorite games of all time uh, uh the, the same sort of color scheme i guess i guess things that are visually striking to me apparently based off of the beginning of my list are things that have zero color <laughs> because <laughs> uh limbo oh yes that weird silhouette kind of vibe to it and the fuzzy lighting and everything about it just was was beautiful and uh a, a forefront of gaming that like i hadn't really seen done before uh just perfectly done and evocative and just lovely um and man i like really gloomy scary games uh this one is slightly more colorful uh, Symphony of the Night, Castlevania, Symphony okay. of the Night. Uh, the, uh, the design of the castle, the, the backgrounds, everything involved in the environment, the design of all of the monsters, of your character itself, uh, moonwalking and leaving behind ghost shadow things, just, like, awesome. The whole way around, just excellent, uh, perfectly fitting, uh, artwork and some of the like just coolest and most visceral and sometimes gross uh enemy like boss design loved it uh excellent excellent stuff uh this game i talked about because it made me get choked up and i'm going to talk about it now just because it was beautiful and we're going to want to play it again even more so <laughs> red dead redemption yeah like my god yeah. It's just beautiful. 
Yeah. Uh, the vistas and like the way they put in the weather and everything about it, just lovely. Like I, I don't like western movies generally, especially like older westerns. But I adore the tropes of westerns and yes. modern westerns i find are really great you know your tombstones and unforgivens and then like your true grits and three tens the yuma like the the films that are you know between the 90s and now these are things that there's something about the the old west that even though we know it's romanticized and that's not right. what it's like there's just something about it as a, somebody who lives in the united states that just clutches at some part of my imagination like very few other things do uh and i, I could interject of... there for a minute i i would say that there are a couple of older westerns that are still in that vein primarily of which is the searchers uh with john wayne it is the most un-john wayne movie uh that that i i ever seen it it sort of deconstructs the entire notion of the the lone hero and it deals with issues of of racism and expansion over native peoples in way that nothing else did in the time so if you enjoy that sort of modern western that's an old one you should you should watch and i think the other reason it's so appealing is because as americans we don't have a whole lot of history compared to the rest of the yeah. world and uh, it's definitely one of the more evocative periods in our history. And right. Red Dead pulls it off to a T. Yes, they do a flawless job with virtually everything in that game. It was the first Rockstar game that I actually really thoroughly played. It's the reason why I bought Grand Theft Auto V is just because I'm like, well, you know what? I'll just give them more money in the hopes that they just stay afloat long enough to do Red Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. And then they went and made a billion dollars opening yeah. week. Awesome. Good job, guys. Uh, because... GTA like, <laughs> 5 was a pretty good game. Oh, yeah, it's great. Like, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, personally, it there was a moment in it that hit me on a personal level uh, because you guys, as my friends, know, but the people that are watching, who are also frequently my friends and family, also know, but just in case. Like, I'm I'm among the biggest fans of Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet right. Man you'll ever find. And cruising around in a fictionalized version of the Hollywood Hills in a convertible when Hollywood Nights comes on. And I'm just like, oh, yes! Oh, my God! It's like something that I had never been fully aware that I needed until it happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm tearing up now thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> but back to uh, my list. And I'm going to do my actual ending, and then I'm going to do an honorable mention that I didn't do on my normal list. Uh, for reasons that I'll explain in a minute. Uh, but the ending of my official list is Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I'll Just, buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Like, it was beautiful the whole way around. Like, And I loved the, I, I would say the other Bioshock games, but I like to imagine a world in which the second one didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I never played the second. I've only played Bioshock and Infinite. and I have issues with the story on Infinite, but the art style I have absolutely oh, yeah. nothing yeah. against. Uh, but Bioshock, the initial game, is in, like, if we were doing a top five in no particular order, favorite games ever would definitely be in there for me. Okay. Uh, and I love the, the level design. Everything about it is great. 
And then, but after playing that game, and I did play the second one, which was, you know, more of the same, but lesser. Uh, and there are other games, like I mentioned in the previous weeks, like uh, the Arkham games, where if you get more of the same and it's as good, then sure, awesome. Like, uh, there are certain games that I love that. But more of the same, but less uh, is something that I won't really stand Right, for. right. Uh, so, the, but after playing it and getting so used to the the deep ocean, the darkness, and the oppressive, uh, claustrophobic nature of it, and then going uh, to Colombia, like, was just such a shift in tone. It was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, the first half hour where you're just exploring the city when it's pristine and beautiful and like. Uh, the moment that the uh, the the floating stage comes up off to you the side, and there's the barbershop quartet singing "God Only Knows," <laughs> like I was just like, yep. "Oh wow, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful game!" And they did an excellent job of taking something from that stage of beauty and showing it becoming slowly ruined. Uh, and but you could still see that foundation shining through of when it was something lovely before it was brought down. Uh, so that's my official list. I'm also going to point out uh, a game. It's a super indie game that a friend of mine who you guys, I think Jay at least knows, uh, but my friend, my friend Ben, uh, Amon26, yep. uh, makes video games and does awesome stuff with sprite work and his game uh Gyosiate was I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing that properly man but uh <laughs> uh is really awesome and does some spectacular like mind-bending stuff with uh sprite work like pixel art just top of the line stuff but since that's not the sort of thing that a lot of people necessarily will have seen but everybody that is watching this, go out, look it up, buy it. He frequently has sales. Yep. Like, recently... It's, early, it's on Steam and Early Access, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like, recently I, he had a sale where he was selling every game he had ever made. And they tend to be, like, little, short, uh, like, 8-bit style games. But he was selling, like, all 16 games he had ever made for a buck. Uh, just... Look up Amon26, toss him a couple of dollars, you'll get everything he's ever made, and he does some really astonishing stuff. Uh, so that's my list. Excellent. All right, Jay, you ready? Have you done it? Oh, my goodness. There, there's so much for me to choose from. Like I filled so about... much time for you. <laughs> I, I, know. I know. I know. Just pick did. five, man. Just pick okay, five. There, just pick five. It's All no right. particular First order. And foremost, in no particular order, I, I'm going to give shout out to Ubisoft and those that I know there with Child of Light. Yeah. Beautiful beautiful game very very oh it's been forever since i played it and i just say like i I ran through my steam list and i'm like okay i remember this being pretty let me look at this is this a top five worthy and like i just sat there and stared for the entirety of the trailer for uh Aiden lost out on most of what rj had to say or pardon me tj had to say um in regards to, well <laughs> i mean it was bioshock we mostly talked about westerns 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and that there was that too. And I tune out. I have a tendency to tune out westerns. Um, next up is Dust, the Elysian Tale. Um, again, cell art, beautiful. Um, the controls on that game are just amazing. Um, then I'm gonna go down and I'm gonna do a couple of more. Uh, I, I'm gonna do. I, I'm gonna do a blast from the past for RJ and I here with the Treen series. Yeah, all of it. Um, all three of them are beautifully, beautifully yeah, done. They're gorgeous, absolutely. Yep, visually stunning games. Um, there's a little indie game called Violet, um, which is uh, it, it's kind of along the lines, it's along the same lines of. Oh, oh my goodness, I'm booting it up. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, sorry. Um, but it's along the same lines as, uh, as train where it's a puzzle game as you go through, you're shrunk down and everything's big and, uh, it, it, it's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Um, Ori in the Blind Forest, again, you know, they, they, I, I, eight layers of cell art and yeah. a white ball of, and a white ball, a, a white background. And it's amazing what you can do with that. Um, where was that four? I think that's four. All right, I'm gonna toss up here. Uh, Darkest Dungeon. Yes. I'm gonna go with that one. Um, the the art in that is simply amazing. Yeah, um, it really is. I it, I haven't seen anything like that before, and uh, to be was... to walk into that and. This is new. Yeah. This is stunning. And the whole city in the system and everything about that game is fresh and new and and just appealing. I can't I, I can't recommend that game enough. Um mm -hmm. just Oh, it, that's it, uh yeah, that was the right. one I was trying to think of earlier. I I when we were talking about early access games that are worth worth your time. Uh mm -hmm. you know, Darkest Dungeon. If um if early access in general gets us games like Darkest Dungeon, then that's one of the reasons I can't be all against early access. Because, yeah. Um, one of these days I will get around to editing the footage I have from when I streamed uh, Darkest Dungeon and putting it up on the channel. Uh, but, yeah. It, it, was, it was a blast. It was a blast. I, I still go back and play a dungeon here and there with that game. And I'm going to do an honorable mention of Blood Rain Betrayal. Um, Side-scroller Blood Rain game. Um, <laughs> again, again, outstanding, outstanding art. Fluid motion. It, it, it's visually beautiful. And, oh goodness, I, okay, I, can't, okay. leave out, I, I can't leave out Abyss Odyssey either. All right. Um, again, the, the purpose God. of a top five list, we, you get one honorable mention, I guess, because TJ started that. And uh, But, yeah, it's a top five right. list, man. It's top five list. All right. Blood of the World. Um, um, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we're looking at time here. Um, we could probably wrap it up, but do you want to do one more top five list that isn't video games? Uh, for so long as it's quick. Uh, some of us have work this evening. Yeah, it'd have to be really fast. Well, then uh, let's do um, top five re reasons to end the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right okay, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> Number one, Jay has to go to work. Jay has to go to work. There we go. Uh, number two, uh, people have probably already clicked over to something else. 
Um, number three. Hopefully, preferably, hopefully another episode of ours. Yeah. Much further yeah. down the line. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, they, they, I'm going to choose to believe this. <laughs> believe it and it will be true. Uh, number right. four. Wait, was that? No, three or four? Uh, number three. Number three. I've already lost track of where we are on the list. Uh, number four. <laughs> um, I'm running out of reasons to uh, to add to the list. And number five, I'm the only one doing this, so that means that everyone is spent out creatively. So <laughs> we'll well, go. No, I mean, uh, number one. Oh, oh okay. Jay's stupid face. Uh, oh. and, and how tired I am of looking at it right, right now. <laughs> uh, uh, number two. Uh, numbers two through five. Jay's stupid, stupid, stupid face. Stupid. <laughs> oh, I think you were earlier also, said, uh, with an honorary mention uh, of to, the fact that it, no, to the fact that it's getting late. Yes. It's almost my bedtime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, number five, TJ's cranky when he's tired. Um, <laughs> number four, number four, the humdrum monotony of TJ's or RJ's voice, pardon me, has uh, generally lulled me to sleep until now. Uh, number three, Shots fired. I wasn't at... the one going after you. <laughs> number terrible. three, I'm looking at myself on Skype and realizing I really do look like a lawn gnome. <laughs> Number two, um, <laughs> number two, I would, I, I've run out of reasons. And number one, I stink and need to take a shower. Ugh. All right, there we and go. They're, they're, All they're, right, I, I support Jay's list. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think that that is good enough to end the show on. I mean, it's good enough for this show anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, I do want to thank you if you somehow managed to sit through all that for watching. Uh, please click the thumbs up and the subscribe button if you haven't already uh, on YouTube. You can check us out at facebook.com slash TV uh, for the uh, episodes and different uh, stuff that we post here and there that's kind of cool sometimes. We think it's cool. Hoverboards. So, yeah. Yeah. Hoverboards went up. Uh, there is a uh, Minecraft um oh that was beautiful. tapestry i guess you call it uh yeah, yeah. Like a better wear. yeah i mean uh, i don't know what you call that kind of yeah. thing anymore i don't know but mosaic? it was mosaic yeah mosaic would probably be, be yeah. better than tapestry yeah so uh yeah that's that's the kind of thing that you can look forward to if you like us at facebook.com slash manabiscuit tv uh and once again thank you for watching uh, we will uh, be back next week doing the same thing. So for Jacob Gamble, for TJ Rathburn, I am RJ Velosky, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.